0: Maybe. All right. Um, So this is our fall kickoff Sunday. So it's going to look a little different, but uh, it's going to be good. So for many people, September brings with it a return to routines as summer trips and plans have finished, and we begin to move into autumn. The rhythms of our lives often shift with the seasons. So for some of you, a busy summer shifts into the routines of fall. Perhaps school's a part of that. For others, the slow summer days are shifting into responsibility and commitments. You're getting busy again. Either way, it's good to pause in these moments and look back at what's been happening and to look forward to the plans and goals you have for the coming months. So that's what we're going to do today as a church. So our service is going to look different um, as we're going to take some time to acknowledge this moment of change uh, by looking back at the last year, September 2018 to now. And a few people from the church are going to look back um, by sharing with us about some of the things that have happened this year, some of the ministry that's happened. And then Pastor Andrew is going to turn our attention to the future. So for the parents that are wondering, uh, when I'm finished with my part of the service up here, we will dismiss the kids then. Um, so Super Kids is coming, but we're not there yet. So the blessed, the best place to start anything is in the Word of God. So, please turn to Psalm 105, verses 1 to 11, and we're going to rise for the reading of God's Word. It's a tradition we have here at Timbers to honor God's Word and focus with our whole bodies on the Scriptures. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Scripture after. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim His greatness. Let the whole world know what He has done. Sing to Him, yes, sing His praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exalt in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles and the rulings he has given. You children of his servants Abraham, you descendants of Jacob, you chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His justice is seen throughout the land. He always stands by his covenant the commitment he made to a thousand generations. This is the covenant he made with Abraham and the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree and to the people of Israel as a never-ending covenant. I will give you the land of Canaan as your special possession. You may be seated. So this psalm, we've been had our summer in the psalms, so I thought we would end with uh, Psalm 105. It is a psalm of remembrance, which is part of what we're going to do today. And um, I thought it was neat, because if you keep reading this psalm, it's quite long, but it begins to tell the story of Israel, and they're remembering all the works that happen. And so um, September, here, so we finished our time in the psalms, and uh, September we're going to be kind of looking forward. And then in October, Pastor Andrew's going to take us into the story of the Exodus, the book of Exodus, and um, that's where this psalm takes us. So it it wraps up our our time in the psalms and leads us into where we're going. Um, So I thought that that was just a good place to start for this Sunday. Um, So the first person that's going to share with us is a familiar faith, and it's going to be a video message. Pastor Darren Ride served Timbers as our transitional pastor from April of 2017 to September 2018. Before he came to our church in March 2017, we went through a change in leadership. This season for our church was both difficult and painful, but we have come through this time. We've grown as a community of believers and into a healthier church. A year ago, Pastor Darren was wrapping up his time here at Timbers and we had just hired Pastor Andrew. So we're going to start our sharing of Looking Back with Pastor Darren.
1: Good morning. I'm grateful for this opportunity to share as a part of your fall launch Sunday. Kristen and I were a part of Timbers for only a slice of your history, spring of 2017 to the fall of 2018. It was an intense season in the life of this church and in many of your lives our lives too but it's important to look back and remember what God did and has done. I remember upon arriving at Timbers a core of people a fairly sizable core actually who had decided that this is our church we aren't going anywhere. I remember a group of leaders elders, staff, ministry leaders, workers who continued to serve often stretched thin. I remember many private conversations and times of prayer with people who wanted to discern and do what God wanted them to do, whatever it was, dealing with tough issues so they could move ahead. I remember the clear sense of God preserving and protecting, of servicing and then helping the leaders deal with the things that needed to be addressed. Let me reiterate some things I said on our last Sunday with you, things that I think are worth remembering. Your elders, past and present, thank you for doing your duty even when it's difficult. For many of our elders, what happened in 2017 was the most difficult thing they faced in their lives. It wasn't easy. They could have cut and run, but they rose to the occasion and said, we will do what's right even though it's hard. That's the core of leadership. They persevered, they made tough decisions, they maintained solidarity, they sought outside help and continued to lead the church to where it is today. Their commitment and perseverance was also matched in the staff team. They worked so hard to keep things going, and by God's grace they did. And many of you supported them in that. Something very important I said that last Sunday, I think you need to hear again, is this. It became very clear to us in our final weeks and months that one of the traits of Timbers, one of the things that really stands out, is kindness. You're a church marked by kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, among other things. Kindness seems to be one of the things the Spirit has planted and is growing in you to an unusual level. It's your superpower. Or at least one of your superpowers. So I just want to encourage you to run with it, to look for opportunities to allow your kindness to flow to each other and out to this community. A few weeks after we finished at Timbers, I wrote a handoff prayer, which I often do for people in churches when I can't be personally involved with them any any longer. It's just kind of handing, handing over the responsibility to the Lord. This is part of that prayer. Lord, as I step back from Timbers, I entrust it to your care. I pray that the pastor and elders and staff and those who know you and walk with you will fully engaged. I pray that they will intercede, that they will serve and give and seek you together. I pray that the heart of this church for Prince George will continue to grow, that you give them the wisdom and creativity and courage to do what you will call them to do. I pray for Andrew that he'll receive a fresh feeling for this role, that you will protect him and his family, that they'll settle in, it will be a good home for them that they will develop good friends that they'll be well cared for, protect Timbers from harm, bring the right people into the church. I pray for a long-term successful season of ministry with many coming to know you, many growing in their faith, the kingdom extending. As I step back from my role, I entrust the care and leadership of that body to you and those you've called and equipped to lead. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in and through Timbers until you return. Both Kristen and I are grateful to have been a small part of the life of Timbers. We are grateful and happy for the little reports we get from time to time about how you're continuing to seek the Lord and follow His direction together. So I just want to say press on. There's a party in heaven coming soon. Hope to see you there. That
0: was great to uh, hear a little bit from Darren. So this past year, I'm going to share next um, oh, I didn't introduce myself. I know there's some new faces out there. I should do that. I'm Jessica. I'm the Children's and Families pastor at our church. Um, <laughs> this past year uh, this past year, there have been many stories of God working in the ministries and the lives of people at Timbers, and there's more stories than there is time. So we're just going to highlight a few things and a few areas of ministry. We started our life together, uh, sharing time during service, and we've gotten to hear how God has been working and moving in in our everyday lives. Uh, He moves in big transformative ways sometimes, and then in the quiet and simple moments of a regular life. And it's been great to listen to those stories and and have people just like you come up and share um, about what God's doing. Um, I was also part of a team that launched our preteen ministry this year and uh, got to know better know some of our amazing young people. We spend a lot of time thinking about what it means to make our faith our own and that our parents' faith isn't enough. We have to embrace it for ourselves and, uh, and grow in a personal walk with Jesus. So seeing these young people ask really big and really hard questions <laughs> um, and develop their faith and grow into their own community and also as a part of our community Uh, has been truly special for me this year. Much of the work that happened uh, this year has begun to create healthy systems for growth and discipleship. So we had a complete membership reboot. That meant we started our membership list over. Pastor Andrew developed a membership class that he taught eight times to get anyone who was interested in being on our membership list trained and equipped for what it means to be a part of the Christian Missionary Alliance and a member at Timbers. We had nine baptisms this past Easter. A uh, funny story about that. when not, Some of you might know this. But when we set up the baptism tank, which is a portable hot tub, we had nine holes that we found <laughs> that we weren't expecting. And we had to seal the night before the Easter service. So our one-hour project turned into something a lot longer than that. Um, but it was fun when we realized that there was one leak for each person getting baptized the next day. <laughs> Uh, With the baptisms came the development of a baptism class. We made that, uh, Andrew made that to equip those making the decision to be baptized with an understanding about what baptism is, to give them some spiritual preparation, and to connect them to our community here at Timbers. We also launched our Bible Basics Adult Sunday School series for six weeks. This was a time of learning about the Bible and how to study God's word, what to expect um, when you approach the various types of literature or genres, like we talked about, um, that you will find in the Bible. So these are all classes that we will continue to do at Timbers, and they contribute to the systems within our church. So when I think of systems in a church, I compare it to a house. So picture a finished house. It's nice to look at, and it's ready to move into. But when you go to turn on the light. Nothing happens, and there's no water coming out of the taps either. Turns out all of the electrical and plumbing work isn't finished, or it's not there. Systems really matter. So in the same way that these types of systems are behind the scenes in our churches, they matter, and they contribute to the overall health of the church. So um, the next person who's going to come up is Jesse Bennett. So I'm going to get him to start making his way up here. I don't see him, but I figure he'll come. There he is. And while he is doing that, uh, he's he's one of our elders, and he's going to share about some of the work that he's been part of this year. And kids, you can all be dismissed for super kids.
2: Good to see all the kids back here today. There's, uh, everybody's back from summer holidays, so having lots of fun and get ready to learn some great things. Uh, so for those of you guys who uh, who don't know me, uh, my name's Jesse Bennett, and I am one of the uh, current members serving on your Elders Board. Um, I also run uh, our sound ministry uh, and am quite involved in the, the setup, amen, <laughs> quite involved in the setup uh, with that as well, and then we obviously do worship team well, uh, playing guitar and with my wife leading us. So, uh, one of the things uh, I was asked to talk about today is um, some of the background stuff that happens here at Timbers. Um, uh, serving on the elders board, uh, we have a great, great board. Uh, sorry, come on, come on, sound. We're we're working with Bob also as uh, our new sound tech in the back there. So he's he's. A, It's a bit daunting at times, so that's okay. Um, Yeah, so where was I? Board members. Um, We have a great board. Uh, You know, one of the things that me being a new board member uh, in March is, you know, of the, I think it's seven. You know, such different personalities on our board. And what God does in those board meetings and with all the people with different views and different backgrounds and things, um, it's 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 amazing to see uh, that different people can come together under with God's grace and and uh, you know talk about important issues and uh, and come together in prayer and, and uh, unity and try and help lead our church. It's it's really 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 good to see. Um, so one of the things that we did uh, in May was our board and staff retreat. Um, this was a fantastic time led by Brian Dirksen. Um, you know, it was uh, it was a pretty monumental thing for, I think, most of us, um, and part of that was discerning what God's plan is for us to continue, and uh, one of the things Andrew's going to talk about a little bit later is actually a Vision and Values team that's coming up, um, and uh, I'll let him touch on that, but that's one of our, uh, one of the key things that came out of that retreat, uh, yeah, and that was, God's touch was on that, that whole situation, so, um, I'll try and stick to my paper here, so. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that we tend to look for is in, in God's church as we go all, we're waiting for these amazing, extraordinary things to happen. Well, you know, one of the things that I like to sit back and look at is I go, you know, there's, there's so many small things, an ordinary thing that God touches on our lives on a daily basis. You know, in our church, I come here early Sunday mornings and we see you know our youth and our kids uh, helping on the nursery. We've got young kids that come and help us do setup 7 a.m. Monday morning. Uh, all of our whole group of setup crew that comes at 7 a.m. bright and early, uh, smiles on their faces, and you know that it, it's a hard job, and uh, but it's fun. You know when, when God's in things, it's it's great. Um, so one of the things, uh, you know, another thing God, you know, is working on. He works through our structure and the logistics of our church, kind of in the background as well. Um, was involved in uh, the district bylaw, or sorry, the Timbers bylaw committee. Um, and most of you guys are going, what, "What are bylaws? What do you mean? What church has bylaws?" And uh, yeah, yeah. So, and what the bylaws do is it helps gives us a foundation of structure, and it's you know tailored to Timbers specifically. Um, you know, and these are all little things that like God is is really involved in, but it's not these amazing. You know things that you you, you kind of want to blow up and you go, "Wow, this is we do, such amazing things are happening. Well, amazing things are really happening just in the foundational part of our church here to start and then, you know this is one of the times that I believe that that God was telling us this past year to say, you know, have a quiet patience and wait for me. Do the things that are necessary for your church to move on um, before you just jump and go you know let's let's do the thing the right things first, and then uh, the best things will come later." Right, uh, So I just want to touch on the worship team and the leaders in our church too, real quick. Um, you know, we have some fantastic leaders in our church. Um, the worship team leaders, uh, you know, we're running care group leaders, there's leaders everywhere. Um, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into leading in, in a church. Um, the amount of prayer and discernment of every Sunday of what, what happens up here uh, is 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 immense. Um you know, and we just pray that God's touches on them every day. And he, he is. I mean, even this morning, you know, I see hands raised, I see people worshiping, and that's all God's little pushes saying, Hi guys, welcome to church. So, um, you know, there's lots going on and there's gonna be more people talking about it. So God is doing lots of things, doing little things, doing big things, and we wanna thank him here for that. And we wanna thank all of our leaders and volunteers too. So thanks so much. Stephen's next. Is he here? There he is. Big hand for Stephen. I think this is probably his. Sorry, this is the second time being up. He did his baptism too, so
3: come on up, Stephen. Good morning, Timbers. How are you all doing today? All right, so as you know, I'm Steve. This is my wife, Shelly. Give it up for her. So, we're going to be talking as a duo today. I'll do the first little bit, and then she's going to take over for the second half. Um, We're supposed to be talking about past and present and where we see God's touches. So, let me find myself on the page here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we've been coming to Timbers uh, as a family now for nine months, plus a little bit. Uh, We watched how close this church has come together and reached to help. reach out, sorry, to help anyone that needed that hug, or someone to pray with, or even some food for the family that was in need. When we first arrived at Timbers in January, it was actually like being greeted by old friends. It was uh, very friendly. It had been so long since we've actually been to a church. Uh, We were very nervous (laughs) to see what it would be like, and uh, how we would react and how we'd be greeted. So thank you guys for greeting us uh, the way you did. It was awesome. Uh, the music and Pastor Andrew's sermons washed over us, and we began to feel the sense of actual belonging, which really, really helped us out, uh, considering we just moved back to Prince George and we were still out of sorts, even though we'd lived here for so long um we're going to speak a little bit about the baptisms with the nine people in the nine holes apparently (laughs) uh when the baptisms happened i saw an amazing change take over this church through the nine people that went through the uh the course with me we began to see more people opening up a lot more laughter and a lot more friendships beginning on the day of the baptisms there was an there was not an empty seat in the house uh, there was so much joy filling the atmosphere that day that the joy stayed with the church, and we see that it grows every single week.
4: Hi, everybody. So one of the other greatest joys was seeing the children every Sunday and watching their excitement as they're singing and dancing during worship, and then when they had to sit anxiously, wiggling in their seats, waiting for those magical words for them to free them downstairs to super kids. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. Uh, we've watched our own boys beginning their own journeys with God. Uh, they are constantly wanting to ask questions. They want to know more. They want to learn more. And this whole church has been amazing for that, to just open up and learn so much. Um each of these ways, we've been deeply encouraged to see God at work. He's touched so many lives in so many, lay, so many ways, uh, spanning great distances. Uh, Timbers has been a part of this and he's helped so many families, including our own, uh, especially in our times of need. And words can never express the gratitude we feel every day for what's been done. We know that when we're called to, we will be a part of this with outstretched hands for those that are going to need the help, for it's in those hands that we saw God's work already.
3: I don't know who's next. Worship team. (laughs) All right, give it up to the worship team. Come on. Who do I hand this to?
5: So we have a new song that we'd like to teach you, but this particular song has been on me for a long time. And so it's, it's do it again. And I realize now that it's actually connected to where we are right now because Isaiah 43, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Would you not behold it? I am making a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The song is called Do It Again, which basically says, you know, I've seen you do this stuff in the past, and I believe you can do it again. So let's, uh, let's stand together. It's new, but, yeah, enter into it as best as you can.
6: Walking around these walls, but by now they fall. But you have never failed. This is my coffin. See you do it again. Your promise. Promise still stands. Raise your faithfulness. Faithfulness. Still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. And you never will forget You've never failed me yet And I never will forget You've never failed me yet I'll never will forget You've never failed me yet And I never will forget
7: Amen. You may be seated. And good morning from me, too. It's so good to hear from these different people and look back together. I remember when I first arrived at Timbers and saying then that I was really excited because it had been so clear in hearing the story and the history that God had been at work, that God had been present, that God had been protecting and preserving and guiding, putting the right people in the right places. And what I said on that first Sunday was, um, when you know that, when you see that God has been at work in those ways, you know he's got good things planned. He doesn't do that for no reason. And I, I feel the same way this morning, hearing from Darren and Jessica and Jesse and Stephen about all the amazing things that God has been doing. It's like, We look back with God to remind ourselves who He is and how He works because He's the same today and forever, and we can look forward to Him doing it again. Um, And so we get to look forward now. And as we do that, I want to begin in Matthew 28, in the Great Commission, the last words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. And so once again, I'm going to ask you to please stand with me for the reading of the Word. We're going to read the last... Five verses sixteen to twenty. I think it's up there, yep. Yeah. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. I hope I don't do that a bunch. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. The word of the Lord, let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for your faithfulness, past, present, and future. I thank you for your goodness and your grace. I thank you that you are with us. I thank you for your amazing promises. I thank you for the stories that you are writing in our lives, in the lives of our families, in the life of this church. Give us eyes to see you and ears to hear you, Lord. May we be quick to follow wherever you lead. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you were in one of those eight membership classes we ran, then you've heard me talk about these verses before. Um, These verses are at the core of what it means to be a part of the church of Jesus. Not just Timbers, not just the Christian Missionary Alliance, but every church takes these words seriously. That's why we call them the Great Commission. They lay out the mission of all of God's people since Jesus was raised from the dead and ascended into heaven and founded the church that we are a part of. And every part of this passage is really important. Sometimes we focus in just on the commands, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. And those are really important, but so is all the stuff that comes before and after it. Um, First, we get context. We find out that there's the 11 remaining disciples, the key apostles, and they are at the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So you have a context of obedience and faithfulness, both from the disciples, but also from Jesus, because he shows up where he's told them that he will. And the whole larger context, this is Jesus raised from the dead, which is what he kept telling them that he was going to do, but none of them got it till it happened, that none of them believed it, none of them understood it until they actually see it. Um, You have a context of worship and doubt. They see Jesus, and they worshiped him, and some of them doubted. And I feel like those are both really important when we talk about context. They're amazed. They're in awe. They can't but worship. And yet, it's a mixed response. It's still tough. And I like to remind people here that when we doubt, we're in good company. (laughs) The 11 apostles standing in the presence of the risen Jesus still experienced that. So it's okay when we find ourselves in the same place. And then Jesus begins to speak. And the first thing he says is not a command. It's a truth about who he is. We begin with the identity of God. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And this becomes the foundation of the commands that Jesus is about to give. You don't get to go and make disciples and baptize and, and teach um, in the name of Jesus, except that Jesus is the one who bears and holds all authority in heaven And on earth. This is his position, and this is who he is. And from that flows the mission of the church. From those truths, from the faithfulness of God, from the obedience of these first 11 disciples, despite their mixed response, because obedience is the result of faith. And I've said this lots too doubt is not the opposite of faith, disobedience is the opposite of faith. Um, So you have that as a foundation, and then from that, the mission is given go, make disciples, baptize, teach, teaching them specifically not to know everything that I've commanded you, but to obey everything that I've commanded you. So that context and that faith keeps going. And the mission here is meant to be one of disciples who make disciples who make disciples who et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? It goes on and on and on. And then lastly, Because I feel like God does this all the time. Anytime he he gives us this mission, he surrounds it with his goodness and grace. So you've got his faithfulness and the amazing fact of the resurrection. You've got his identity and his authority. And then you get the commands. But then after that, you get this promise. He says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And they must have wondered, right? They've been walking with Jesus for several years, and and then he dies and they think everything is lost and then he comes back and it's awesome and they're just figuring out that this that this could all be something as amazing as they thought it was going to be before Jesus died and he's about to leave or at least bodily he's about to leave but he gives them this promise he says I am with you always we don't walk alone we never walk alone as individual believers and as a church we walk with our lord now I go through this really briefly Because we are, one of the key pieces as we look ahead, we are about to embark on a vision and values discernment process. And we've talked about this a couple times, late spring, early summer, um, and you may or may not have been here for those Sundays or seen the little things in the, we have a website where we put elders boards updates and stuff like that. Um, But back in May, we had our elders and staff retreat. And Brian Dirksen from the district came out and gave us training on vision and values discernment and what that looks like. And we had a couple key beginning steps. We needed to choose a model, and we shared with you that we were choosing the discernment team model, where we call out, we pray together and call out a team of of appropriately gifted individuals from our midst to gather together to be the, the heart and center of this discernment process. And then once we decided that that would be the model, we, as a board, took very seriously the need to seek God in the forming of that team. It's not a light thing to call that team together. And we have done that now, and this fall, we are beginning that process. Now, one of the key things for me to say is that, I hope you noticed I said that that team would be the heart of the process, Uh, they're not the whole of it. We will be, and I'll be sharing the specifics, calling all of us together different, in different parts of this and in different ways in this journey of discernment. But we have to start back here with the Great Commission. All of those four pieces are vitally important in our own journey. Just as the context very much matters here, so too our context very much matters as we do vision and values. The context of who we are, and where we are, of what we've been through, of how we've seen God at work, of how he's gifted us, of who he's called into this place. Who God is, his identity and his position also matters deeply and vitally. Um, The heart of almost all Vision and values processes in scripture and in church history, the really key moments are the moments when you come to a deeper understanding of who God is. You look at all the major journeys in the Bible, you look at the Exodus, you look at Abraham going towards the promised land, you look at the taking over of Canaan or the land of Canaan and Joshua, you look at exile, you look at the coming of Jesus. Amazing things are happening, and God does awesome stuff, and we we love to focus on those stories, the walls of Jericho coming down, David defeating Goliath, and they're really, really cool, right? But the actual key takeaways from all of those, every single time, it's a deeper and fuller understanding of who God is. They come through the Exodus, and we're gonna be walking that journey this fall. And after they come through the Exodus, every time after that in the Old Testament, not literally, but very, very frequently, when God starts giving them commands again, he says, I am the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, and then starts to tell them what they're supposed to do because he's reminding them of of who he is. There's this key verse in Exodus where God says, um, you know, I am the Lord abounding in mercy and steadfast faithfulness, slow to anger and quick to forgive. And that verse, that section of verses within the Old Testament is the most quoted verse in all of the Old Testament. It gets repeated again and again and again because it's this deep revelation of who God is. And that's always key. As we come together to seek vision and values, one of the things we center on is who God is. Another key is this big picture task that God has given us, the mission of the church as a whole, to go and make disciples and baptize and teach. And we don't get to seek vision and value and do discernment and come to the conclusion that, you know, we really like discipleship, but we're not really into going, so we're not going to do that. We don't get to do that. We don't get to take any of these pieces. We get to focus, and we get to um, discern and discover what it means for us to follow this mission here and now, and that's why we have to do a vision and values discernment process. Some people ask, okay, we've got everything we need right here, don't we? Like, why do we have to do anything other than just put this up? It's because you've got to get more specific than that. No one person and no one church can do everything, and certainly no one person and no one church can do everything well. If you follow the story, you read the book of Acts, it becomes very clear that there's a number of ways to obey Jesus' commands. Peter and Paul don't do mission the same. They don't do church the same. The early Jerusalem church at the beginning of Acts is not acting the same way as the later Jerusalem church after they're dealing with famine and all these different things. Um, Context matters, and it changes what it looks like to be obedient. And so we have to ask those key questions, but we don't get to leave this aside. We sit under this at all times. And the promises of God matter deeply as well. That's why this is a discernment process and not a creation process. We're not coming together as a vision and values discernment team and as a church to make up something really cool, Um, or to see if we can come up with some of our own really good ideas and the slogans and things that are going to sound awesome. (laughs) People can be really good at that. You watch advertising, and you know how convincing that can be. But I'm not interested, and I know we're not interested, in being a a human-led and human-driven and human-inspired church. I want to follow God. We want to follow God. We want to hear from Him and obey. We want to be close to Him. We want Him to be the center and the inspiration and the vision and the guide and so on and so forth, all of those different things. And so the promises matter. We are banking on the fact that God is with us. It's only a discernment process if we're seeking to hear a God who speaks, and He does. And we're going to talk about that more next Sunday as part of the looking forward, because we're going to be dealing with a few kind of ground preparation things as a church. And so we're going to be talking about seeking God in prayer and fasting next Sunday. And one of the key pieces is to recognize his promises and act in faith upon them. So we're heading into a vision and values discernment process. And one of the, questions, the other questions I want to answer as we look at that is, okay, but what does that do for us? Like, at the end of that, what are we hoping to get out of this? Um, A couple different things, but they can be summarized by saying, at the end of that process, you have clarity in terms of expectations and direction. You have a, a force for unity, because we all know that's where we're going. And unity and community are never deeply formed by seeking unity and community. They're deeply formed by having something higher than yourselves that you are unified in pursuing, right? Um, Community comes when, because we all have rough edges. It's, you know, you spend enough time with somebody and you get hurt, you you get offended, you get, and that's that's being human, because we're all sinful and we're all broken, and it's really hard when somebody's rough edges lined up with your sensitive spots, and then you get really hurt and really offended, and that happens. How do you get past those things? Well, you have to have a reason. You've got to have motivation to get past that. And what provides that is the the knowledge and awareness and sense that it's worth overcoming those differences because together we're pursuing something amazing. And that's what we do as a church, right? God has given us this. That's why God, and in so many places in Scripture, there's this idea of unity and diversity. We're not supposed to be all the same, It's supposed to be hard to get along sometimes. You don't go through change without conflict. There's no such thing. Um, But it's worth it. And having that vision and values clarified helps us to do that. One of the ways that I've found helpful to think about this is to imagine somebody starting up a business. So you imagine somebody starting up, say, an auto shop. Now, as they begin this, they've got to ask the question, what am I doing, what's my vision? And as a result of that vision, what do I value? If you're going to set up something to compete with the great Canadian oil, right, the the oil change, the quick kind of jiffy lube type place, then your vision is a place where people can come to get those most essential car services done as quickly and easily as possible. And if you look at the great Canadian oil change or any of those places, they have designed it with that vision and the values that go with it in mind, values like efficiency and um, speed and things like this, right? So instead of having a lift, you just have a dugout hole where people can serve the car from underneath. Yeah, you can't do every kind of service by having that, but you can do what they need to. You drive in one side, you drive out the other side, right? Because that's faster than having people back up and not having to have a lineup. And that the whole setup reflects the vision and values. You go to a different kind of car shop, it's still a car shop, but this is your neighborhood mechanic, their values aren't necessarily efficiency and speed, it's going to be integrity, trustworthiness, reliability, right? Because what they want is for you to come in and get your car repaired and know that they're not going to rip you off, and that when it's done being repaired, it's going to keep working. And they're going to hire different people with different expertise, and they're going to set up their shop in a different way because they have a different set of vision, or values and vision. You imagine a third one. You look at a a car modification shop, like a place that you can go to to get something fancy and strange, like LEDs or a new spoiler, or I don't know enough about cars to give you any more examples. Um, And again, it's going to be entirely different. They're going to want to have a different level of expertise, and one of their values is going to be choice because they're going to want you to be able to come in there and get anything you want done to your car, and it's going to be set up differently because they have a different vision and a different set of values. And if those things are clear, those businesses can make Wise decisions and careful decisions, and you will know when you're heading into that place what to expect and what to get. And you won't go to the car mod shop because your muffler's broken, and you won't go to the oil change place because you've got a tick in your engine, and so on and so forth. You'll know where to go for each thing that you need. Now, when it comes to churches, we are not in a position of starting from scratch like a businessman where he can say, I can buy my building and I can hire my workers and everything else and I have all these choices, nor should we be. We actually get to do something better. We get to look at what God has already given us and how he has already gifted us and called us and the place that he has put us and the time that he has given us. And we get to say, God, what are you up to? Why us? Why here? Why now? How can we join you? Those are the key questions. What's God up to? Who are we and how do we get to be a part of it? And answering those questions as a church is a really powerful thing to be able to do. That's why we call it a discernment process because we get to ask those questions. We get to seek and hear from God, the God of wisdom and guidance, and then we get to join him in doing awesome things in the world. No one church or person, I said this already, can do everything, but by the strength and grace and love of God, we have that privilege of being a part of his work and the power of his spirit, doing more than we could ask or imagine, because he is with us. And that's a huge part of where we're headed. Now, I'm going to introduce the team. I'm just going to have people stand up. So, actually, you know what? If you're here, come to the front. Uh, I didn't tell everybody I was going to do this. but So, (laughs) we've got two elders on this team, uh, Greg Woolgar and Jesse Bennett. You guys can come up. We've got, I'm on this team, but I'm not introducing myself. My name's Andrew, by the way, if you're new here. Sorry, I did the same thing as Pastor Jessica. We've got two staff members on this team other than myself, so Pastor Jessica and Aressa. And, um, and then we have two uh, members, amazing people from within our congregation who aren't in a staff or eldership role, and that's Cliff. Where are you, Cliff? And Pam. Is Pam here this morning? She may be one person who's missing. I think she's not back until later this week, Um, but that's okay. So this is minus one, and one still arriving, the Vision and Values Discernment Team. Um, Can we give these guys a hand? (laughs) And one of the things to say about this process You guys are gonna stand here for a minute, that's okay. One of the things to say about this process is that um, we want you, as much as possible, to know what's going on. That's why I actually decided to call you guys up here. Um, We're gonna be sharing regularly about this. There's gonna be twice monthly meetings and I'll talk about that in just a minute. But anytime, come talk to one of us and we'll be happy to share with you what's exciting and what we're doing and where we're at and so on and so forth. Um, because to say it again, well, we want to be the heart of this process. We can't do it alone. We absolutely cannot. I'm going to say a quick word of prayer, and then I'll let you guys go sit down. (laughs) Lord, I thank you for this team. I thank you for this church. I thank you for what you are calling us into. We do ask your wisdom and guidance and blessing. We ask that you would speak and that we would hear. Protect us as we do this, Lord, from any kind of spiritual attack. Lead us wherever you would want us to go and give us courage to follow. Amen. You guys can sit down. Thank you for coming up. So, yeah, go ahead if you want to again. So what we've decided to do in terms of involvement is there will be on the first and third Thursday of every month in the evening at the Hub, there's going to be a Vision and Values meeting. Now, they won't always be the same. So the first one, obviously we missed the first Thursday is a week and a half from now, on the 19th, at 7 o'clock, at the Hub. And that is going to, the, the one on the third Thursday of every month is going to be a prayer time. Um, we need to gather together in prayer over and through this process. One of the things we're going to be doing at the very beginning of that, we'll be there for the beginning of those prayer meetings, this team, and then we're going to go off to meet while the church continues to pray. And so that will be a time to pray over us as we begin this work. Um, so that's the third Thursday of every month is a time of prayer, and I really would, and we'll talk about this again this coming Sunday when we talk about seeking the Lord, I really would encourage as much as possible to be there. It matters that we gather together to pray and seek the Lord in this, and we will be being prayerful as a team, but we also need to be prayed over and praying into this together as a church. Then on the first Thursday of every month, so the first of these will be the first Thursday in October, I forget the date, maybe the third, but is it the third? Okay, I got it right, that's good. Um, That will be a time where we ask for your input into this process, and that will be different each time we have one of those. There'll be at least three of those meetings where where we want you to be involved in the discussion and in the conversation, and we'll give you more details about those as we're closer to the day. So that's what's coming up on that front of things or on that front of what we're doing. There are other things that we'll talk about here at the end of the service. Uh, but I'm really excited to see how God continues to lead us and how God speaks to us in the midst of that discernment process. It's why a passage like Matthew 28 is so important because it is where we begin and where we base all of what we're doing in the midst of this. So I want to read it one more time and then hand it back to the worship team. Ah, uh, I have one more thing to say after I read it, Sorry. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. I want to give us time to pray together right now just a couple minutes to start us off before we have that first joint prayer meeting in a week and a half. And so the worship team is going to come forward and get ready and maybe have some quiet music playing for like four or five minutes. And I would ask that you turn to the people you came with or a neighbor or someone who's sitting close to you and pray together over what I've just talked about and over this part of how we're heading forward. So go ahead and do that right now. Thank you so much, Cliff, and your team. You guys can be seated. So the vision values process is going to take us a few months, and we'll see where God leads us. You may be wondering, what about right now? And you may be wondering specifically, because as you came in, you probably saw lots of stuff out there. Um, So yeah, there's stuff happening right now, too. We have three continuing connect groups and six new ones, and um, so I want to tell you about those just briefly, because... If I throw the information of nine groups at you in fullness right now, you will remember none of them. And because we've got it all out there. Um, So when we're done here and we go outside, you'll see all this information. Some of it is on tables right behind that wall. But if that's all you look, you're gonna miss like half of it because there's a table set up by the couches, and there's a table set up over there, and there's three ones set over there uh, towards where we normally have coffee. So you got to walk around and look for these. So I'll just briefly introduce these different groups. So some of the new groups. Um, Intro to Apologetics. Jeannie and Victoria will be leading these on Fridays, and this is for, Apologetics is the reasoned defense of faith. Lots of questions around this, around the existence of God and evil and suffering, and they're not going to be able to do even 1% of all the questions people ask. But for 10 weeks, they're going to look at some of the good ones, and and it'll be really, really good. So that's one of the groups. Uh, A study in the Beatitudes. Christina and I are leading this one. The Beatitudes are the first 11 verses of Matthew chapter 5. It's Jesus beginning his Sermon on the Mount, um, and they're strange because it says things like, blessed are those who mourn. Um, and they're, they're worth looking at. They're really, really important, and so if, you, if that's something you're interested in, you want to dig into Jesus' sermon, we will be doing that on Monday evenings. Um, Romans. David and Dorothy Lowe are leading a study on Romans, another great set of teachings in the New Testament. Um, Romans tells us about who God is, tells us about who we are and our identity. It's about walking in victory, learning to be an expression of Jesus in community. There's so much good stuff in Romans. That's going to be Wednesday afternoons at the Hub at 1.15. Um, We've got a book club starting. This is Rianne leading this, and she's called it the Higae Book Club. And that's, I'm not going to remember what country that word is from, but but it's the idea of coziness. It's the idea of... um, It's kind of what you do in the winter when you can't be outside and you want to sit by the warm fire with a nice cup of tea or coffee or hot chocolate and enjoy the company of good people and a good book. And so that's what that group is about. They're going to be meeting once a month, starting uh, third Friday, I believe. Um, Yeah, third Friday of every month, so starting on the 20th. Another new group, the Timbers Next Chapter Social Club. Donna and Gordon and Sharon are leading this, and it's, sorry, it's a, pay attention, it's a social club. Um, So they're going to be getting together to hang out and have fun and get to know each other, and uh, that one begins on September 23rd. Uh, Another one, I'm just going to keep going through the list here. Uh, Empty Nesters is starting up again, so it's not new, but it's also not continuing because it went on on pause. And David and Dorothy will be leading this, and it's a Bible study for those in the after kids stage of life, not that you have to have kids to join the group. Um, That one is going to be done in such a way that you can easily do that and the next chapter, Social Club. So they're going to meet the first three Sundays of the month, and then the fourth week they will pause because that's the week that the Next Chapter Social Club is going to be meeting. And then we have three groups that have been going on for a while and are continuing. So Don leads our Guys Connect and they meet on Saturday mornings for amazing breakfasts and times of prayer and fellowship together. Um, and that's always really fun and really good. We've got uh, the Mums group, which meets Wednesday mornings at The Hub at 9.30 and they actually started this past Wednesday, but you can come anytime. It's okay if you, if you miss some and come when you can and it's, it's mums with kids and life is busy and full and so we get it. Um, and then Darius leads the men's study group every Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. at the hub, and that has, hasn't paused for the summer or anything else. They just go hard and go good all the time, and and I mean that. It's The mornings are great. Um, I know not everyone's a morning person, but if you can be there at 6.30, you won't regret it. So these are the connect groups that are going on. There are other things that we don't have slides for that I'm just gonna say really briefly. Um, In November, Greg and Ria will be leading a weekend seminar on freed up financial living. That'll be November 1st and 2nd. So if that's something you'd be interested in doing, save the dates, um, just so you know. Starting in October, if you were here in the spring and into the summer, we did something called Bible Basics. We did that from 9 to 9.30 on Sunday mornings. Um, We're gonna do basic Christian practices. So some of the key things that we're commanded to do. Now, Bible reading is one of them, but we're not going to redo that because we did a whole six weeks on that. We will redo Bible basics again, but not this fall. Um, so that's good. Well, more details later, but that's a heads up. That's coming in October. The other thing to say is that um, we've changed our regular prayer meetings a little bit. So they had been meeting on Tuesday evenings. We are now going to meet Tuesdays at noon. We're going to do noon hour prayer, We're starting out on the second and fourth Tuesday of the month, so it alternates with the vision and values. One week, there'll be the prayer meeting. One week, there'll be vision and values, even though they're not at the same time. We'll see how it goes. I think it would be great the day we get when, not not, it would be, it will be great when we get to the day that we have them every Tuesday at noon. Um, And we want to do those in such a way that if you're able to be at the hub for a part of your lunch hour on Tuesdays, then you can just drop in to pray with us to receive prayer Um, the key will be that hour from noon to one, but we won't kick anyone out at one. And the first one of those is in two days. And so come on out and pray with us. Now that's a lot. All the details with little pamphlets and stuff are outside. The group leaders are going to, you might beat them there, but they're going to get to those tables so that you can talk to them and ask if you've got any questions. Um, So we're kind of working our way to like immediate, right? Vision and values, a few months connect groups starting within the next month, right now we're gonna have lunch together. That's what's happening next. And uh, it's okay if you didn't bring anything. We didn't ask, it's not a potluck. We asked some specific people uh, to make and bring some sandwiches. There's chips, there's pop, there's some dessert. So everybody is welcome, everybody is invited. This will allow us to have a good time of fellowship, give you some time and space to look at the different groups, to hang out, to enjoy some food, and a good rest of our Sunday together. Before we do that, I have the privilege of blessing us as we go. So please stand for the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance to you and bring you shalom. Go in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's eat.